when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello, you're listening to STT Rewind with me, Owen Hughes, co-editor of setthetape.com and joining me, as always, is Steve Norman. Coming up on the podcast, we kick things off with the film section following Set the Tape's list of the top 100 films on horror streaming service Shudder and our upcoming list of the must-see films on Filmstruck. We shut the curtains, dim the lights and delve into our favourite places to stream movies. In part two, we turn to television and ponder the point of the TV license and briefly delve into BBC's record-breaking drama series Bodyguard before Matt Latham joins the show for another edition of his cassette tape to round up the week in music. Finally, in free play, following the Star Trek and Transformers crossover comic, yes, you heard that right the first time, we conjure up some potential crossovers that would make it onto our pull lists. Now, let's get on with the show. We're starting the podcast this week with our film section, starting with the mention of an article that's coming up on our website, setthetape.com, this week. Uh, After a list of the top 100 films on the horror streaming service Shudder, uh, that I compiled last month proved to be a relative success for us. I was quite pleased with how that did. Um, also, that's thanks in part to the contributors uh, from a bunch of our writers. They all chipped in with, with various um, snippets for that list. My co-editor, Tony Black, has been putting together a list of the top films to watch on Filmstruck. Um, there's a whole bunch of classics on there that we can talk about a bit more later if we've got time. But firstly, Steve, I'm going to give you a scenario. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. You're at home on a Tuesday. There's no football on TV. You're not recording a podcast. You're fed up with the ineptitude of your Southampton side on Football Manager. So you don't feel like playing that. You look at the clock, it's about 8.45pm, so you reckon you could realistically watch a movie before you go to bed. Where are you going to look first? I'm going to look on Netflix, spend an hour finding something to watch and then go to bed. (laughs) Okay, so it would be just Netflix. You wouldn't then, say, flick between that and have a look at Amazon Prime or what's on iPlayer? No, I mean, quite quite fortunately... My mother has Amazon Prime um, mm-hmm. and doesn't use it, so I use hers. And my mum and dad have Sky, the full package, so I have also have Sky Go. Um, and I have to pay three either, which is fantastic. But I'd start off with Netflix probably and then mm-hmm. work my way through um, Prime and Sky Go and see if there's anything on there. Sky Go is fantastic, actually. There's loads on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much do you, how much do you think that costs then? 
uh, cost me nothing, but costs that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the full, if you have the full package for Sky, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. it's something like eighty pounds a month. Yeah, I don't know where my parents are getting their money. <laughs> I mean, I'm quite paying. happy because it also means I have I have Sky Sports for nothing as well. Yeah, I was um, going to say it, it's not just films too. That is, it. you get yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, lit- literally every Sky channel they have, and most of the, all the good ones you can get on Sky Go. Mm-hmm. So, whereas Netflix is what eight quid a month. Uh, yeah, the cheapest because you can have it. You can pay more and have it on more yeah, devices, multiple. and yeah. and also the sort of four um, K Ultra sure. HD content, which I did for a couple of months, and then didn't really see the point. There wasn't enough on there to justify spending an extra four pound a month mm-hmm. so um but yeah the bottom price netflix is like eight quid a month is that a bargain do you think um, for what you get comparing that to what you would, would pay for sky like if you I, had a, a full sky i can tell you my i don't have sky i have bt tv yeah and i get broadband telephone which obviously we never use because nobody uses landlines anymore yeah uh, uh broadband um, which is unlimited uh, and pretty decent speeds. It's about sort of 60 Mbps, which is pretty good, I think. Um, and we get TV package with that as well. And BT um, give us a mobile phone contract, which my wife uses, and uh, we I get BT Sport. So, you know, yeah. that's not bad, I don't think, for, for what you get. No. But I would say if I was going to um, compare prices... I think eight quid for what you get on Netflix is that's pretty pretty good. The amount yeah. of original content they produce. I'm yeah. talking films as well. You know, I watched Hold the Dark on there at the weekend, which was by a guy called Jeremy Saunier and Make um, on Blair, two filmmakers I've really admired for for stuff like Green Room, Blue Ruin. I don't want to live in this world anymore. Or don't feel at home in this world anymore. I think it's called. Um, you know, their new film went straight to Netflix. Yeah. If I didn't have a subscription, I wouldn't be able to watch that. Well, I mean, as we all know there's a lot on Netflix, but now they're getting newer, not not their own stuff, but you know, newer content faster. Um, uh-huh. In the UK, where where some TV channels don't pick up US shows, it's going straight to Netflix now. And then Netflix yep. are making all their own content for eight eight pound a month. That seems pretty good. It's not bad, is it? And, and also the whole service when you set up your account is pretty good so you know yeah. i can be watching an episode of something on my tv in my lounge i can think right mm-hmm. i'm gonna go to bed now i've i've watched 10 minutes of an episode i'll watch the rest in bed i can take my laptop through or my phone through and it'll pick up exactly where i left off i don't have to faff around setting it back up and then fast forward into the bit where i was it'll just pick up exactly where i left off it's it fun- mm. the functionality between devices is really good as well um Mm-hmm. And and yeah, like I said at the start of this conversation, that the only downfall is there's probably too much choice. So you can just sit there scrolling through, trying to find something to watch forever, and then decide on nothing and give up. Paralyzed by choice. Yeah, yes. that that does happen. They should limit Netflix... you. They should limit you a day to about six <laughs> six films and and two TV shows you can you can watch in a day, and then you yeah. know the next day change it. Hmm. That's quite a lot, those six films and two TV shows in the day. Yeah, but I feel like I'd be able to choose more out of those. Yeah, if they limited, if they just narrowed down your options a bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but no, I'm the same in that I would go to Netflix first, then I'd probably look at Amazon Prime, um, and then I would move on to other streaming stuff. Mm. Right? Amazon Prime is an absolute pain to navigate. I don't think yeah. it's very user-friendly at because, all. Because obviously you can buy and rent films on Amazon Prime because you've got yeah. the whole of Amazon. But mm-hmm. it's just not very... Everything's all muddled up between each other. So you can be looking through films and you can go through three free ones, not fancy them. The next film you scroll to, you think, oh, I fancy that. Click OK on it and it turns out you can buy or rent it. Yeah. And it's just I mean, not if you, very... If you, if you know exactly what you want to watch and you search mm. for it, great. It'll give you all the options. It's yeah. available to stream for nothing. You can buy it. You can rent it. You know... Uh, if you're on the website, obviously you can just say, "Oh well, it's on Blu-ray. I'd rather have the physical copy of it." Whatever yeah. you you know, that is great. But if you're just trying to navigate because you just got you know it's eight forty-five on a Tuesday and you fancy watching a film, yeah, it is not user-friendly. I don't no. mind. Hmm. No. Um, but do you ever go further than just some of the main um, streaming services? Do you ever look through something like Shudder or Filmstruck or Hulu or any of those channels not, that are available? Not really, on but I mean that's mainly down to a a cost thing i couldn't afford to have more than the restrictions i've got and it's sort of yeah the choice on netflix is pretty broad and you know the other two that i have access to is pretty broad whereas these other things seem to be a bit more specialized like shudders all to do with horror films yeah which which is great i am a fan of horror but i can't afford to pay for shudder and netflix mm-hmm. some of all the horror content that's on netflix anyway you're gonna get, gravitate towards that one but I think I, I paid I think, I think 50 quid for Shudder. Yeah. For that's but, for the annual yeah. subscription. But I think so I that's No, no, it's it's pretty reasonable. So it's not it's not an unreasonable price of charging. It's just I can't justify sure. all these subscriptions along with everything else. You know, I I I chucked in my Cineworld unlimited membership um because it was costing seventeen pounds a month and I was barely using it. Perhaps mm-hmm. that was just because of the time I cancelled there was it was a time where there weren't many films I wanted to see coming out because there's certainly more lately, but I mean, I'm lucky there's a cinema just down the road from me, I say that's in the next town, but it's it's £3.50 weekdays and £4.50 weekends to see a film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can I can go, you know, four or five times a month for the same price as what the Unlimited card was costing me. Yeah. So, you know... I think it, this kind of culture of just picking and choosing, though, you know, building your own packages is possibly the future you know for film stuff especially you know people will seek out more specialized if you only really watch horror films and you don't really care about you know half the content that's on netflix and you think maybe that is a rip-off because you only ever go and gravitate towards the few things or if you if you are a big horror film buff and picking netflix as the example again there's not a, a great selection of horror films on Netflix, whereas you could find something like Shudder or Arrow as one of the channels that's on um, on Amazon, uh, and you could pick those and say, I'm going to build my own package which has these particular subscriptions in it. That's potentially going to replace these big, bulky, you know, all-encompassing sort of Sky packages or Virgin or mm. whatever, because, you know, those, those are situations where you're paying... 70 80 quid a month and watching about six channels yeah you know it's it's obscene really moving swiftly on to tv uh we're going a slightly more personal route i had to renew my tv license this week and for the first time 
considered not doing it. I thought about it. I know that's a bit weird considering I kind of work for the BBC and therefore would be shooting myself in the foot by not renewing it. But I thought about it. I wasn't sure that I was watching enough live TV to kind of justify it. You know, football aside, that is. I, I do watch live football. Um, I th- think had they not changed the rules about using iPlayer, I might have given it more serious consideration than I did. You know, to saying, right, I'm cancelling my TV subscription completely and I will only watch stuff on internet streaming services for now on. Um, have you ever felt the same? Have you ever kind of thought about whether it's worth renewing your TV licence? or? Yeah, when it, I was it, at did... uni, but then we saw the van outside one day, so I thought we'd best pay the <laughs> licence. Um, yeah. I've given it some thought, but it seems to be one of those things that you just like sort of think that you have to do. And I think until re- more recently, or more recent years, when vod and everything was more was was a problem that is it as it is now you kind of had to have one yeah um i mean we might have some non-uk listeners or we might have some uk listeners who don't even know true. why exactly they have to pay for a tv license what it does is you have to you have to pay it to it's for the bbc isn't it and because it's pretty much all television you can fee, yeah which is regulated by the bbc so yeah. it doesn't just fund like if you know people's argument usually is that oh, I don't I don't watch BBC Three I only watch you know Sky One so therefore mm. I don't see why I should have to pay a TV license. Well, it you know it doesn't just fund TV. Um, yeah. It funds if you ever listen to Radio Four, if you ever listen to Radio One, if you ever download any BBC Five Live Football Daily podcasts, if you ever you know read anything on the BBC website. The, you know the funding for that comes mainly through mm. the the license fee so i think it goes on to more things than perhaps people yeah um are aware so if, if you didn't pay your license fee and yep. what would you what would you be able to watch and how i mean obviously all video on demand so netflix prime uh you'd be able to watch those fine because they're subscription services mm-hmm. um i mean you're still allowed to have a television i used to believe when we were at uni, that um, as long as your television didn't have an aerial lead running from it to the wall, you didn't have to pay it. I think that kind of used to be true, but that would be very hard to prove. Yeah, you just put um, it in the drawer, don't you? I mean, you don't have to let them in. Is you don't what have we to found. let them in. No, you don't have yeah. to let them in the house. So, And if you do, just when they get in the door, get the other one to run in and unplug it and stick it in the drawer, and you'll probably be all right then. Um Stick but, um, yeah, a videotape yeah. into the, the the cassette player and have it show a roast turkey and go, yeah, it's just the oven, it's yeah. not a TV. We're just, we're just playing FIFA, that's all we use it for. Which yeah. is more but, or less true, to be honest. But yeah, <laughs> Well, yeah. So, uh, I mean, when I was saying that I was considering not paying for it, I meant, like, in a, I'm not going to renew my TV licence and won't watch live TV anymore. Yeah. I didn't mean, like, to sneakily say, but I'm going to continue using it to watch football. <laughs> no, I wasn't advocating that yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, you know. Um, but so, I, yeah, I, mean, I don't watch much live television. When I think about it now, um, yeah. I watch Match of the Day. Uh, if, I mean, if we're talking about terrestrial channels that you can get on freeview i mean on sky i don't watch a great deal of live on sky i may watch supper mm-hmm. am on a saturday morning and um i actually like quite like goals on sunday i think that's a better show than match the day but it's got longer to go through the highlights and everything and other than that live sport 
primarily football, but mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of live sport. Other than that, don't really watch much on the Sky channels. Um, although mm-hmm. I do use Sky Go to watch movies and shows that are on Sky Atlantic, um, but not live. And then Freeview Television. Other than just putting on something for half an hour when I get into while I'm making dinner or whatever, I would say shows I'm actually invested in. Match the day again, live sport mm-hmm. and maybe the odd series um yeah i mean this thing this comedy that's been on dave recently for example live co- like comedy shows sitcoms and yeah stuff, taskmaster and rummish rangan and show and um that kind of thing uh alex horn's thing they i watched them but i don't watch them live i recorded them and then watch them later afterwards yeah at my convenience i think a lot of people do that and don't necessarily watch live tv but there is an exception to this rule, which has been BBC's um, drama series Bodyguard, mm. which has been smashing records left, right and centre. It almost became a bit of event TV in that everyone was watching it and talking about it around the water cooler, that kind of cliche sort of show, really. It was a six part thriller series. It became the most watched drama on BBC. Well, on, you know, British TV. And... Um, in a decade, you know, 10 years, it's finale episode, which was Sunday a couple of weeks ago, um, peaked with more than 21 million viewers. You know, we're a country which has 60 something million people in it. It was the most tuned into TV drama since the finale of um, Downton Abbey's second series, which is kind of depressing. But, you know, that's that's insane, isn't it? That's just crazy. 21 million people mm. at its peak all it, tuned in to watch the finale. It does show that if there's something good enough on, people will watch it episodically week by week. If it's if it's good enough, people will tune into it. Um, but there's just very mm. rarely anything on terrestrial TV now that is weekly um, and I haven't seen... The, uh, I haven't seen Bodyguard, but... Mm-hmm obviously it's gone down exceptionally well so there's very rarely anything on terrestrial tv that is of that quality i'm surprised i'm surprised it's gone as massive as it has it's good um there's a lot of things that are wrong with it which we you know don't necessarily have to go into mm. in in great amounts of detail here but you know there um i thought bits of it were sort of kind of problematic in that guardian yeah. sort of way what, what, um, when when was it on? What time? What what day of the week was it on? And what time? I think it was on a Sunday at about yeah. nine p.m. Yeah. yeah. So and see, all the blokes were waiting for Match of Day Two to come on. So that's how they got into it. <laughs> because once it gets to about nine o'clock, you kind of what do I watch before Match of Day Two comes on? Yeah, and you got maybe. And it, and it felt. And then if it's good, they stuck. They stuck with it. Possibly. Yeah. So why casually uh, has such good viewing figures because people put it on before Match of the Day now. Yeah. So people just put it on before match of the day. Mm, uh, yeah, it's a good point. It's, it's, it's a theory that doesn't stand up to any reason, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's how I'm getting it. Really. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. your own theories. It's like um, um, a radio station I work for. Their um, name begins with the letter U, and they were quite excited because of the whole Chris Evans going to Virgin Radio because it's right next to them on the DAB. So people who flick around, you know, they get yeah. tired of Chris Evans and just flick up one. They end up <laughs> landing on their radio station. Wow. So they kind of expect a windfall from from something like that. 
well, which is you know how these things work really might it's, make you know, it into double figures proximity. might make the listeners go into double figures <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but yeah so you know i think i the, the t- live tv is still it is kind of reserved for event things you know the world yeah. cup is obviously separate to drama the amount of people who watched that was crazy um, yeah but that again that again was down to the, how the england team performed i mean if yep. we were going to go out in the group stage no one would have been tuning into that third group stage well not no one but you know they wouldn't have had the mm-hmm. same that viewed into tuned into a semi-final because england have been in three world cup semi-finals since 1930 yeah you know that was their third ever one it, mm-hmm. and, and it captured the nation the whole world cup and it was despite the problems and the viewing figures of course they they don't count like individuals watching they count no. individual sets yeah broadcasting and yeah. and pubs were packed to the rafters for 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 event for an event like that and a lot of live sport events they'll be packed to the rafters for yeah and there's also right. stuff there's also stuff for live television like royal weddings and uh yeah. royal mm-hmm. events which while they bore the rear end off me they are extremely popular uh, among the general public and they will always get fantastic viewing figures so yeah so live tv kind of the reserve of event tv these days do you reckon stuff that's yeah, big and it, it will never you know, go away because you'll get well people get the news from different sources now but i think there's a thing of watching the news at nine in the morning yeah. or six in the evening or nine at night and and then obviously live events then you can't do that in any mm-hmm. other way other than live broadcasts but um yeah and there is a whole generation of people still who will watch you know i'm talking people who are retired or you know before you know not even retired yet but just kind of let's say past middle age to be generous who who probably won't really use streaming services they will just switch on bbc and watch pointless or you know flick to homes under the hammer and stuff during the day and there's nothing wrong with that that's that's you know kind of fair enough but um there is still that audience for live tv so i think we're probably still a generation or two away from completely doing away with with live television but i think it's probably on the go i think yeah we within i don't know let's say within a decade or two it might not be a thing. Mm, it's costly to run antennas and to run broadcasting services. It's much cheaper to get some servers and put all your content on online and beam yeah. it across some, some bandwidth somewhere. And we're seeing broadcasters change the way they're, they're broadcasting shows now and, and putting output out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is a changing, changing yeah. medium. Yeah. I can tell you a little bit about... I won't go into huge detail on this either, but... Um, at uni I had to write an essay about this and the way that the BBC licence fee was set up was was basically it was set up by the post office originally and it was to control the amount of people who were taking up radio bandwidth so people who were effectively pirate radio broadcasters and they would just get a, you know it was quite easy to manufacture your own broadcasting kit um, and they would start broadcasting on unlicensed free uh, fm frequencies and obviously that needed to be controlled because they wanted to sell those frequencies to people there's only so many of them yeah and so they set up a license fee you had to get a license to broadcast and eventually that became when you know when bbc took it on and when tv became what it was yeah the license fee went to that so that's what it was originally it was to stop people 
randomly broadcasting and stealing bandwidth, which was vital for broadcasting other things. So there you go. That was the origin of the license fee. Yeah. Mm. But uh, enough of that. We're going to move on now. And Matt Latham's cassette tape is going to round up some music news for us. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello there, it's Matt Latham and you're listening to The Cassette Tape. This week, I'll go through a few albums that I've been getting into recently. Slow News Week? What Slow News Week? Kanye changing his name isn't news. First up, I Don't Run by Heinz, the band that can make vocals peaking whilst recording sound like an art form. The Spanish band feel as if they've got a better handle on the English language this time as their second album built on the lo-fi buzziness of the first. There's the songs about love and confusion, but the biggest selling point is the sound. Distortion is fine-tuned to the 11s and the interplay between the dual lead vocalists Anna and Carlotta works incredibly well. They tag team vocals, finish sentences, and even talk over each other before catchiness kicks in with some great choruses. It never makes the album sound dull at all. I've also not been able to stop singing, finally floating to myself all week. Those who actively listen to this bit may remember my plea that Pale Waves My Mind Makes Noises Be Good. Thankfully, it is. It's very similar, but The Cure mixed in with the 1975 seems to work incredibly well. The songs are just lovely to listen to and the album drifts on by. It is perhaps a little too long, with a few good songs easily able to be dropped to avoid the sameness that echoes throughout. If you're going to make a sound last throughout 45 minutes, at least you can make it great, which they do. Finally, Sophie from Big Moon has her other project, Our Girls album, Strange Today, released. It's halfway between the aforementioned Big Moon and good friends Marika Hackman, but it ties in with the dreaminess of the shoegaze sound. And in other news, Kanye is still not newsworthy. And that's it for another fortnight. I'm Matt Tholomew J. Latham, and this has been Tholomew C. Tape. Peace. Finally, in free play, I edited a piece that Lee Crimes wrote for us earlier this week that was a review of the first issue of an IDW publishing comic called Star Trek versus Transformers. It's not the first time Transformers have appeared with other fictional characters. Most famously, probably, is the Transformers G.I. Joe crossover arcs, which uh, makes a bit more sense than crossing over with Star Trek. But, you know, there we go. It did get me thinking, though, about what crossovers it would take for me to spend money on a comic like that. Um, Batman was the first name that sprung to mind, probably because Batman has appeared with just about every single fictional character going. Uh, he's appeared in comics with Predator. He's appeared in comics with Scooby-Doo. He's appeared in comics with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Judge Dredd, um, Power Rangers, even all the like Marvel main characters. He's been in things with Hulk and Captain America as well, which you wouldn't think possible, but it happens. Um, basically, you just slap Batman on a comic and it's going to sell. But what crossovers 
Steve, would it take for you to splash the cash on a comic book? Um, crossovers are a bit of a... I don't know, they never seem to be... Seem a bit tacky, gr- don't they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they just seem to be sort of a, a cheap cash-in, really, because they think, well, that's a bit of a novelty. People will, people will go for that. Um, yeah. I mean, they can yeah. be fun. I don't want to knock them all. Sometimes the people can no. take a genuinely like interesting idea and the mashup can be a pithy, sort of fun little story. Mm. But, um, yeah, what what would it take then? What, if you had to just sort of... You're looking through the shelves and you saw a comic that was a crossover between one fictional thing and another fictional thing and you went... Oh, I'm going to read that. If I saw Mr. Bean versus Predator, <laughs> I yeah. would I would buy it. <laughs> Mr. Bean and Predator as a crossover. No, versus Predator. Phenomenal. Mm. Versus Predator. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, there is a, a fan theory that Mr. Bean's an alien. Have you heard about this? No. I mean, there's lots of these film theories and TV theories that come yeah. up every now and again, isn't it? Like James Bond's a code name and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Bean is an alien or an angel, whichever way you want well, to I think I thought because of the light at the beginning of the TV show and he falls down, doesn't he? To he Earth. goes, yeah. yeah. And he's there to observe and try and behave like a human without really yeah. understanding human behavior. And that's... So a bit like a British Mork and Mindy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, there's a theory about that, Mr. Bean and Predator. So it's possible that Mr. Bean is the apex version of his species and the Predator could hunt him, take mm. him as a trophy. Yeah, um, trying to think of some more serious ones, but you, you just kind of, it's difficult to think, isn't it? Because, sure. you know, what hasn't been done before, what would be interesting? It's, it's finding a combination that would be interesting and not, like my previous suggestion, one that's just stupid. Yeah. Um, because I mean, like, for what I like thought a, of, a genuinely interesting, yeah, uh, crossover. Yeah, what occurred to me first of all, I was thinking kind of serious, and it, you know, it was Batman, and I tried to ask my wife for barely and got some advice from her, and she said, "Well, you like Preacher?" I was like, "Oh yeah, could do." You know, Preacher and Hellblazer get John Constantine and Jesse Custer together on some sort of adv- adventure. I don't know. That that would be kind of awesome, but. Would it be though, or would it just be a bit lame? I don't know. You could go a bit more meta, maybe get Deadpool, who's fantastic for doing crossover stuff with, and drop him in with a story with DC's Deathstroke, of which Deadpool was apparently a parody originally. You know, be a bit meta and see if that hasn't been done before. Um, or you could go a bit super geek and cross over some like other properties that would work quite well together that share similar themes and identities like you could do Adventure Time and Steven Universe. Don't expect me to explain what either of those are for people who don't know, but they they could work quite well. Um, Yeah, but otherwise you just draw a blank, don't you? So, well, is Star Trek versus Transformers a bad idea? Or is it a good idea? Or is it just trying to capture two particular audiences and, and... you know, sell something to them, some advertising space, essentially. I don't know. I don't know whether it's whether crossovers are good, whether they are just, I don't know, slightly lame. I haven't got a conclusion for this. No, no, mm. I, I think it, some are good, some are bad, some are in between, but yeah. I suppose you could do David Squires and uh, Roy of the Rovers.
I would say that Lee Grimes' review is, is really good. He sort of addresses some of these issues as well that we've talked about, like the crossover that nobody asked for. Um, but explains within the review why it um, kind of makes sense within the story. I mean, I suppose yeah. if, you, if, if you wanted to annoy a lot of people, Steve, obviously you could do Star Trek and Star Wars crossing over. Them two well, sharing some sort of path. Yeah, um, that would definitely probably cause some problems among each uh, each yeah. franchise's fandom. Didn't we have E.T. and Star Wars? Isn't that technically a thing? Well, apparently so, because in mm. uh, The Phantom Menace, in a very boring Senate scene, <laughs> when uh, one of many, where there's all different aliens in the gal- galaxy Senate, there's a little like bit with a load of ETs in it. Mm. So then they are apparently part of the Star Wars universe. So they are, you know. Yeah. Yeah. E- 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 is Yeah. So doing ET and Star yeah. Wars crossover. I mean, if you want to talk about um if you want to talk about TV crossovers, now apparently there's this this theory that there's this TV show called St Elsewhere from ages ago and mm-hmm. And there was there was crossovers that started in that. So TV char- so characters from one show appeared in that, and then there was crossovers. Characters from the one show. No, not the one show. From any from <laughs> a from a show appeared in that, yeah. and there was crossovers in their respective TV shows. And this whole TV show sent elsewhere apparently was in some boy's mind. So all of mm-hmm. television for the last thirty years is that's actually a fictional construct of some boy's mind. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. Mind blowing crossovers, not that simple. Yeah, there we go. Good place to yeah. end, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another edition of STT Rewind with me, Owen Hughes, and my guests this week, Steve Norman and Matt Latham. If you enjoyed the show, you could do us a huge favour and tell people about it. Tweet it to the Facebooks and your Instagrams. Email a link to your best mates with a clickbaity. You'll never guess what these guys said. Subject, download it to a floppy disk and post it to your pen pal. Do whatever it takes to help grow STT Rewind. If all of that sounds like too much hassle, you could just go to iTunes or wherever you don't your podcast from and leave us a five star review though my personal choice would be for you to do the pen pals thing we'll be back in a fortnight's time for another episode in the meantime check out our film lists our thoughts on the latest netflix releases including hold the dark and our review of star trek versus transformers over at setthetape.com see you in two weeks time Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.